0: What's up, everybody? Good afternoon now. I'll say good morning during communion, but it's 12 15. Good afternoon, guys. Uh, welcome to the church. Uh, we had a great Saturday that I want to just honor everybody who came. I think we had about 100 people who signed up and showed up to our serve day. Um, the vision for serve day is to really start getting outside these four walls. Uh, And serving our community, but we wanted to start off just in-house and we had a great turnout Um, Aside from the work that was done, which was great work I loved watching the bonding that took place and the friendships that formed from our day together And I just left feeling really really sweet about our church feeling really full Feeling really happy. So I want to thank the church for showing up for prepping everyone that was prepping beforehand and going out to Home Depot and getting stuff for the day. Uh, God bless you and can't wait to serve with y'all again. So stay tuned on the next serve day uh, and we'll get into that. I want to get into the word really quickly because it's a lot that I want to get in. This is a part two uh, to last week. Last week we celebrated the day of Pentecost, Pentecost Sunday. It's the historical day of that uh, the Holy Spirit and his power came on believers um, just as Jesus had promised. There were um, some devout, faithful Jews that were following Jesus, 120 of them, and the Holy Spirit fell on them in a very powerful way and it ended with this great prophetic message that Peter delivered that thousands of Jews gave their lives to Jesus On This morning and it was a powerful day that we still refer to. I do believe it was the birth of the church as we know it today of God's people full of his spirit and power being effective um, for the building of God's kingdom. Uh, We see it happen in Acts 2 and then we see it happen again in Acts chapter 10 except this time it was Gentiles. The same thing happened. They gave their lives to Jesus. They were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and they were exalting God and and prophesying and glorifying him. But one thing that is in common between Acts 2 and Acts 10 was before they prophesied, there was this act that happened called speaking in tongues. And the speaking in tongues provided um, great edification and power to them as they declared God's works and we saw this great prophecy happen and we just saw this explosion of the church. The early church just was full of love and passion and growth and I believe that God is still calling the church to grow in that way and to manifest himself in that way through his people. So we're gonna talk about it today. This is a little bit of a review, 1 Corinthians 14, 1 Corinthians 14, two through four. Paul says, for he who speaks in a tongue Does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. So we've got a vertical speech and we've got a horizontal one that's to people. And then it says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself but he who prophesies edifies the church. Um, So these are two manifestations of the Holy Spirit that's talked about in this passage. Both are manifestations of the Spirit. Both require speaking. Both require talking. But they are different in that one is talking to God and the other is talking to people. One is talking in a language that you don't understand, and that the listeners around you often don't understand. And then prophecy is speaking in a language that the listener understands. So to make it kind of simple, uh, one is for the speaker and the other one is for the listener. I believe speaking in tongues biblically is for the speaker and prophecy is for the listener. Um, the way I said it last week was speaking in tongues edifies you to edify others, and that's the relationship that I was trying to make clear between these two manifestations and these two forms of communication. One is to God, you don't know what you're saying, and it fills you up. The other is to people, you do know what you're saying, and it fills them up. Um, and there's a great relationship between the two that I, I want to make sure I either inform you, if you didn't know, or remind you in case you did know and forgot about it. Um, the Bible encourages speaking in tongues. The Bible says to not forbid speaking in tongues. But the Bible says that speaking in tongues need to be needs to be done decently and in order. There's got to be some care to it because unlike prophecy, tongues... Um, have a natural way of being a stumbling block to people who are uninformed or who don't believe. Um, it has a way of creating a barrier and a distance, and it causes people to, to shut down in their heart and their mind from receiving from you. And God wants people to receive edification from us. And speaking in tongues to someone who is uninformed or someone who doesn't believe uh, really creates distance um, so the solution that Paul gives is that when you're addressing each other, prophesy. So you can set up the person that you're speaking to for success. When you prophesy, people who are listening have a much better chance of walking away with truth for their life that's going to help them and help their families. And that's where we want to stay in. We want to stay in that vein because prophecy is is building up the people that you're listening to. Uh, you all are directly benefiting from me speaking uh, prophecy right now, me speaking God's word under his anointing in a language that you understand. You guys are directly benefiting from that. You guys only indirectly benefit from me speaking in tongues. So I was doing that this morning when y'all weren't around talking to God, but it was from that time of speaking in tongues that I edified myself to where I can stand in front of you now with, with confidence and with strength and with love for you um, that God has. So that's how these two work together. 1 um, Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 says it really well. It kind of sums up what I want to say for this message. And that is, in verse 7, Paul says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is to each one for the profit of all. Can everyone say profit of all? profit of all means for everybody to benefit from it. When the Holy Spirit manifests himself, which means when he expresses himself through us, whether through what we say or what we're doing, when he manifests himself through us, it's for the purpose for everybody to benefit, everyone to profit from it. And this is great. To keep in mind as you are learning how to uh, allow the Holy Spirit to be manifested in your life. How to walk in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I believe this scripture serves as a great guideline because the objective for the Holy Spirit, especially when he's manifesting in in meetings like this or in corporate gatherings... um, Is for everybody to be able to benefit from it. And I want to talk about some guidelines, because I think anyone who's filled with the Holy Spirit and who's stepping out in faith under the leading of the Holy Spirit needs to have biblical guidelines to keep you accurate, to keep you, uh, uh, yeah, accurate. Um, Two guidelines I want to share. Uh, Before I talk about the guidelines, well, This is about the guidelines. The reason why people who are filled with the Holy Spirit need guidelines is because, believe it or not, the Holy Spirit himself has guidelines. And a lot of times you're thinking, wait, well, he's God. How can he have? God is a God of order, and he is perfectly one with these three aspects. There's the Father, there's the Son, and there's the Holy Spirit. And the reason why they are so perfectly uh, one and the reason why God is so perfect is that each one stays within their lane and they support each other and they all complement each other in this perfect harmony, this great chord that cannot be broken. And we see Jesus speak about The profile of the Holy Spirit in John chapter 16, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit and he describes him. And I want to see if you're able to detect some guidelines in the way Jesus describes the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 16, verse 13 through 15, it says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak. So in this passage, I'm hearing some guidelines. I'm hearing there's things that the Holy Spirit says and there's things that he does not say. And according to what Jesus is saying, the Holy Spirit only shares with us what he hears from Jesus. What, he, what Jesus has has, has has for us is what the Holy Spirit shares with us. And you see this, this great relationship and this teamwork of, of where the Holy Spirit doesn't speak unless it's greenlit and unless it's approved and in an agreement with the son. It's very similar to the guidelines that Jesus talks about a little bit earlier. He's talking to his disciples, and he says very similarly. He says, there's things that I say, and there's things that I don't say. Jesus says, I only say what the Father tells me to say, and I only do what the Father tells me to do. So it's almost as if what the Father is to the Son, the Son is to the Holy Spirit. And you see this, this order of, of communication and this, this great level of agreement where they are all staying in sync with each other. No one's going rogue. There's never a moment where the Holy Spirit says, you know what, it's my time to shine, doggone it. I'm going to say something that I want to say for once instead of always listening to No. It's never that. The Holy Spirit is always there to glorify and promote the will of Jesus and and reveal him to us. And that's what he's exclusive to. Anything outside of that is outside of his guidelines. And that helps us because it helps us to discern what is from the Holy Spirit and what is isn't because of these guidelines. So I'm going to share one guideline. I'm going to share the second one. The first guideline is the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus and not himself. That's the first guideline for anyone who's filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to know that it's about the Holy Spirit. He glorifies Jesus and not himself. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 through 2. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Paul had to bring some guidelines to the Corinthian church because the Corinthian church, they were people who prior to Jesus had a past. And their past was filled with different ways that they were used to acting, ways they were used to um, living, uh, Most of them came from a very sensual past and there were un- impulses and drivers that they were used to being led and driven by and it had them doing all kinds of things. And then they get saved, right? They meet Jesus and re- they receive Jesus. But they had a tendency of continuing following the same impulses and drives that they used to do, except now they were just saying that they were being led by the Holy Spirit to do these things. So I gave some examples in other service. Let's say someone was, you know, maybe kind of a sensual person, always like touching and very just a touchy-feely, you know, person. And they get saved, and then they, they keep doing that, but now they're like, the Spirit is leading me to rub your hair and to touch your face and to, you know, rub your hand. And it's like, okay, maybe. And then, and then you got someone that, let's say, they're really controlling and they're always bossing people around. And they get saved, but now they're like, the Holy Spirit is leading me to tell you what to do with your life. And they, they're still bossy, but now they're saying that it's spirit-led. Um, or let's say someone is like a very, they don't like talking to people. They're scared to talk to people, and they have a real issue with that, and they get saved. And instead of saying, I'm scared to talk to people now, they say, I don't feel led to talk to people now. And so so essentially there was a lot of that happened in the Corinthian church. They were acting just the way they were acting before but now it was the spirit leading and it was creating a lot of confusion and a lot of mixture and a lot of impurity and Paul said stop the Holy Spirit is here to glorify Jesus not your way of doing things you can't just conveniently tag on the Holy Spirit to your actions and call yourself spirit led that's what you call manipulation (laughs) Um, you can't do that and, and it's, it's, it's lazy and it's wicked because of t- instead of taking the time to study your master taking time to learn the character of Jesus these people instead of learning Jesus they just continue flowing the way they naturally flowed, but then just tagging Jesus on it and we can't do that the Holy Spirit it is not his responsibility nor his priority to affirm you It is only his priority and his responsibility to affirm Jesus. So if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you have to adhere to those same guidelines, if indeed you are led by the Holy Spirit. So that's the first guideline. The second guideline is the Holy Spirit manifests for the profit of all. When the Holy Spirit is moving through you, it's for others to benefit from it. It can't be self-serving. It has to be selfless, and it has to be rooted in servitude in order for it to truly be the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 1 says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. The, word, the phrase pursue love is what I want to stick to right now, because love is the key when it comes to to the Holy Spirit. And when I say love, I have to clarify in our day and age because there's a lot of things being called love that contradicts from biblical love. So as a Christian, you have to be very vigilant and make sure that when you are using the word love that you haven't brought in outside influences to how you define love. We have to make sure that we commit to what the Bible says that love is. And of course, we've got 1 Corinthians 3, I mean, sorry, 13. 1 Corinthians 13, for that, verse four through seven, it says love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. This is what God says love is. This is biblical love. And if you, while being filled the Spirit, do things in the name of the Holy Spirit, without this, um, the Holy Spirit is, let's see, without love, the Holy Spirit isn't a Holy Spirit. It's another spirit. Um, when you aren't operating with God's love and you're trying to do things um, via the Holy Spirit, you have basically uh, forfeited the holiness of the spirit that you want to walk in. Uh, God's spirit is holy and it's filled with love. So I say this because unfortunately, People step out and, and operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And if they don't stay within the guidelines of love and what I just read, um, it starts to become something very self-serving. And that's why there is uh, a fine line, honestly, between the prophetic and, and witchcraft. Um, it's a subtle difference, but it's a major difference. Um, the prophetic is rooted in love. It's God's love and it's for the service and the building of his people. Witchcraft is taking spiritual giftings but do it for, doing it for manipulating and self serving purposes. And that can really harm people and it can really cause a lot of confusion. I don't want to scare everybody, but I do want us to understand that love must, we must stay within the guidelines of love and of what the holy spirit is for because if we begin to use his gifts for our gain it can really mess up a lot of people and especially you i know people unfortunately who were filled with the holy spirit and began working in the gifts of the holy spirit and god used them in great ways but they got offended or they got bitter or their resent they got resentful And instead of stopping in their tracks and and asking God to forgive them and repenting and getting a clean heart, they continue operating in the gifts of the spirit, even though they aren't doing it from a place of love. And it ends up kind of having witchy effects and it ends up causing um, deception and hurt and it's... It's what we want to stay away from. So as people of the spirit and as, you know, a spirit-filled church or whatever term you want to use, we must stay within the guidelines that the word of God gives us to keep our gifts pure, to keep it edifying, to keep it unifying, and to keep it true. Amen? Okay, amen. 1 Corinthians 14.5. I want to end with this scripture, then I want to shift into something else. 1 Corinthians 14, 5, Paul says, I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. This is as clear as day right here. There's really no other way to interpret what you're seeing. Prophecies, it, prophecy is the, the higher gift. It is more special. It is, and the reason why is because it benefits everybody. Prophecy helps everyone. Tongues help you. Prophecy helps everyone. Tongues helps you. Prophecy is for the benefit of the listener. Tongues is for the benefit of the speaker. I happen to believe that scripture shows that both are important, which is why he says he wants all of us doing it, because it's the edification that we receive through communicating to God in tongues that we actually have the revelation and the, the, the insight and the comfort and the exhortation for our brothers and sisters in Christ. I believe that prophecy is greater than tongues the same way I believe that algebra two is greater than algebra one, for those of you who still remember high school. Algebra two is the higher form of math. It is, but not at the expense of algebra one. On the contrary, algebra one is what Enables you to do Algebra 2. It's from the foundation that you learn in Algebra 1 that you can do Algebra 2. And I think there's been way too many people in the body of Christ who have read the scripture and go, oh, cool, prophecy is greater than tongues. Well, then I'll just skip tongues then. I'll just do the greater one. I'll do prophecy. And it's causing problems because I truly believe that someone who moves into prophecy without speaking in tongues is missing out on some God-ordained edification that the Lord has gifted you to be able to access uh, his, his, his prophetic realm and his mysteries and the things that are beyond your own understandings. And then when you prophesy, that's what gives it the purity. Too, there's too many prophecies that are mixed with flesh. Um, and no offense to anyone who's done this but like it's almost like you know my mom right Like, it's like going oh man I'm going to prophesy to C.C. Winans the Lord has given you a voice and you are going to use that voice to touch people I mean yeah amen but like you know she's a singer right so like it's it's is is it prophecy or are you just stating the obvious you know what I'm saying like and, and God bless anyone that encourages her, and please encourage her, please. But, but I've noticed from my own experience that it's very easy to mix your own understandings with the prophetic, and the Lord doesn't want our understandings anywhere near the prophetic because it taints the purity of what he wants to say. He wants to give an unadulterated word from him. But when we pull from knowledge and go, okay, well, you're six foot seven, I'm feeling basketball. I'm filling NBA in Jesus' name. <laughs> Maybe, but come on, right? So, so what tongues does, tongues, is, it removes our understanding from it altogether so that we don't get in the way. So that we can prophesy a pure word that's directly from God that looks at that six foot seven man and say, the Lord has given you a gift for children. You actually have a tender heart, and He's gonna allow you to be able to, to, to be a, a comforter to children. I would have never seen that seeing a six foot seven big guy, right? But the Lord sees the heart, and He can speak beyond your own understandings. And too many of us are mixing our own human understanding and calling it prophecy. So the Lord is trying to save us and save the people that we're prophesying to by saying, Start talking in tongues. Remove your understanding from this place so that I can give you something directly from me and you are not leaning on your own understandings or your own intuition, Corinthian church. I've always been very intuitive, you know. No, man, like, don't lean on what, you know, honestly, the more you were that stuff before you were saved, the more you need to watch out and make sure that you are truly operating in the born-again version of yourself and not borrowing from your gifts before Jesus. Because that's what the Corinthian church was doing. They were like, oh, I'm used to this. The vibes usually kind of get, and they're bringing all these vibes into the holy church. And it was creating confusion and they had to be corrected. So be careful of that. We must be fully available to God's spirit. And be willing to renounce and cast down our understandings and be available to him. So I want to practice that. I want to practice that today. I want to practice what I'm preaching. I'm talking about the prophetic. I'm talking about all this. And to be honest, I used to minister in this way a lot more before I was pastoring. And I just have been feeling convicted slash inspired to demonstrate uh, the prophetic in a way that I think is going to bless Bless the church and edify the church. So it's not to draw attention to myself, it's not to promote myself, but it's to edify the church and to demonstrate it to where we can see more of this even in our community. So I'm going to ask for everyone to just pray. We're going to leave about 10 minutes and uh, we'll have music playing. If you pray in tongues, I'm going to ask for you to do it softly. Remember, You're talking to God, so it's not for the person next to you, so it's not needed for them to hear you too loud. Um, But pray to the Lord. We're trying to build faith in this room. Let's just put ourselves back in a place of, of worship to God. If you don't pray in tongues, just say, you know, God, have your way. You know, Lord, move. Move powerfully. Bless us, God. Thank you, God. Whatever you can say in your own understanding for the now. And uh, let's get started. I want to first give a word to the church. You can, you can, you can open your eyes. Like you can pray, but like be prayerful. But you can still like look at me and stuff. You don't have to like close your eyes. Um, I just want to be clear. Everyone's like, oh, I mean, wanna... <laughs> um, okay. I have a word for the general church, and I shared it with the first two. Uh, services, and I think the Lord's going to use me to uh, bless some individuals in the room, too, and hopefully it's, you know, something that you you need to hear for your life. Um, for the church, Nashville Life, I believe there's just been a lot of just repositioning, um, and the way the picture that I see is like a, a chess board, and someone playing chess and kind of moving the pieces where uh, where the player wants to put them, and the whole point of the setup is to create um the ultimate checkmate for the opponent. Um I believe we are like a, a, a team on a chessboard and the opponent is the enemy, the kingdom of darkness. And I believe the Lord has been moving people, you know, the rook this way and the knight that way and the palm that way. And it's a lot different than where you were maybe sitting on the board. Um, Some of you guys are, you know, it's almost like I I was used to being to the left of that person. Now I'm on the right of that person. I was used to being over here, and now I'm over here. And some of you guys have really been scratching your head. Um, Some of you guys who've been with us for a while, and some of you guys who are new, we have people coming from the most random places, and you're like, why am I here? Um, I believe the answer to that for all of us, in case that's you, is the Lord is, is repositioning this church in, in a way that's going to make us more effective. He's trying to put us in a position where there can be the ultimate checkmate for the enemy and we can take authority over everything he's trying to do in this city, everything he's trying to do in this community. So the, what I've been hearing the Lord say to all of us, including me is just to let it happen. Uh, be flexible. Um, don't get too comfortable in one context Because depending on the strategy and depending on what God is trying to do, he might shift you a little bit to the left, or he might move you to where you're standing behind that person instead of in front of that person, or some of you guys were used to being in the back, and now you're finding yourself in front of people, and it's just like, really? I thought maybe I was supposed to be here, and the Lord goes, yeah, nah, but for this next move, I need you over here, and I think that's just a word to everyone at Nashville Life, just to be flexible, to go with it. don't think it's strange and just understand that the Lord is is positioning us for a great victory um, for his kingdom against the enemy and all of his lies. Right. So amen to that. Right. Praise God. Um, uh, OK, now for individuals and this is literally just what, what I believe the Lord is, is giving me and everybody can just, you know, take it to God yourself I want to start with uh, Daniel, Daniel Regan. Would you mind standing up briefly? Um, I saw like the word estate, as if you inherited an estate. Um, and, of course, that could apply to the natural. Maybe there's some actual inheritance that you have. Guys, don't start calling him. Don't start asking for money. But I don't, I don't know Maybe maybe in the natural, but specifically in the spirit. I don't know how far back it goes, but I believe that you are the inheritor of a lot of seeds that were planted before you, like in your family. I'm not sure if it's great grandfathers or further, but I believe there's been some great men of God who have planted some seeds and who have prayed for generations after him, and you're stepping into the fruit of their prayers. I believe that the Lord wants to use you Uh, in a way that exceeds what you think your experience is. Um, And I think it's a product of what men and women of God before you have prayed. Um, So maybe don't question it. There's a grace for it. It's all been planned for you, much like someone who's inherited something. You don't really have to work for it. Um, I also see uh, God using you in the areas of, of visions and dreams so uh you know try to write it down i know you're about to get married really soon congratulations if you can just commit to uh pray for daniel i believe your prayers are going to serve as a protection for him and as you pray it's going to be like uh angels protecting him so god can can use him in a a really special way so you guys are a team but i do believe that there's going to be a great inheritance that you're stepping into and I think it could apply to natural, but it definitely applies to spiritual. So just enjoy the ride. You didn't work for it. It just happened. So, so God, God is trusting you with it, and it's yours. So whatever that means, praise God, and, and let's go for it. That's it. You can sit. You can sit down. Yeah. Um, praise God. Um, there was, oh, yeah. Um, Truvon, could you stand with LaKendrick? Can the whole family stand up, please? All you guys. Um, I kept on hearing order, and I think God is giving you, Truvon, the ability to speak order, um, over your family and over your life. You actually will be able to, uh, Build your family's life through your words and your prayers. Like Basically, whatever you think needs to be in place, you can speak it and it will fall in place. Whatever is out of place, you can actually speak it and put it back in place. There is an anointing, and ability to set order in your house. And the bigger picture is, because of the order that's in your household, it's gonna bring order outside the household. I think all of your sons, Um, are going to be examples of what godly order looks like and I think they're going to be examples to other men about what godly men look like and I know the enemy has been fighting, I know he's been trying to challenge this ability in you. You've prayed before and you haven't seen certain things happen. The Lord says that's just a distraction. Like do not believe that. You have a gift to speak order over your family and you're going to see it happen. And all of you guys, is just to honor the gift in your dad. Honor that gift, Lakendra, honor the gift and allow him to speak. God's order over your life because you will only benefit from it. Your wives will benefit from it. Your kids will benefit from it. And just let it happen because it's a spiritual gift and an anointing that God has put on Truvon. So, amen. 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 Um, there was, oh, man, I love God because I was like, oh, man, I forgot. Uh, Armin. Could you stand up, sir? Uh, There is a, I feel like there's a curiosity that you have and you don't know if it's good or not. Like, I'm not saying you doubt and second guess stuff, but you're curious and you want to look more into what that means and what that's about. I believe God is saying he's putting that in you. He's putting a curiosity in you and he wants you to follow it. Because he, he's going to unlock a lot of understanding for you. He's going to reveal a lot of truth that's going to be beneficial initially to your family. But I think there's going to be other people who you're going to find yourself maybe at work in conversations with. And because of your study and because of you digging in to this curiosity that you just can't, can't really satisfy. God is using that and he's going to really... Uh, he's given you a hunger and a curiosity for his truth, and it's going to help a ton of people, like a ton of people, way more than just your immediate life. Um, so don't question that, that curiosity. Don't think it's, it's not rebellion. It's not unbelief. It's, it's, it's an actual God-given righteous curiosity that's gonna lead you to search the things of God, and he's gonna reveal himself to you in some exciting ways that, that's gonna benefit your family and benefit a lot of other people. So I just wanted to share that with you. And uh, last one, I was like, is this really it? Because, this is this really it? But I think it is, and it's, it's Jasmine um my wife guys uh I just believe it's this is not me saying it but I believe God is saying he's very pleased with you he's very pleased with you and and I mean I'm pleased with you but he's pleased with you and uh I think that as simple as it is I think you need to know that I think you need to know in front of all these people that God is smiling on you and he's really pleased with you he sees your heart and he loves it and he wants it to just shine really bright so just know that God is pleased, he's smiling, he's not mad, and he loves you. Simple but I think that's what I'll just be obedient to what I think God is saying so we'll talk about it more later. Um, Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Um, Jesus has to be Lord of your life for. These, these uh, perks and these 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 exciting uh, moves of God to happen in your life. Um, the good stuff starts once you're born again. Life doesn't even start until you're born again. And uh, as much of revelation as I feel like God has for everybody here, because I believe that everybody here is has a divine calling on your life and you have something that the body of Christ needs and he wants to reveal it to you, um, but you've got to be right with God through Jesus Christ. You've got to confess your sins. You've got to allow his blood to, to wash you and to give you a new identity and give you a new heart. So in case everyone hasn't made that decision, I'm just going to lead us really quickly in a prayer and you can pray this uh, after me. Say, say Father... In the name of Jesus, I confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and was raised from the dead on the third day. Forgive me of my sins and make me a new person in Christ. Lord Jesus, I choose you to be the Lord of my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit so I can live for you every day. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Let's just give God a quick thanks for salvation. Now, I said this last week the reason why we keep coming back to church after salvation is because there is more and this next prayer is for those who are ready to step into more you have this sense that there is more from god and you're right Um, if you haven't uh stepped into what i was preaching about if the power of god has not manifested in your life through speaking in tongues and being able to, to prophesy his word. I just want to invite. I can't make any of you do it, but I can invite you to it. So if anybody is ready to step in to that more um, and, and take this invitation for the baptism of the Holy Spirit to, to fill your life and, and empower you to be a witness and, and a strength for the church, uh, repeat this prayer after me, and you guys can all say it. Um, say, Lord Jesus. Thank you for saving me. I ask for you to baptize me in your Holy Spirit. Give me the grace and the ability to speak in a language that I don't understand. I'm doing this for you and for your glory. In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. All right, we're gonna take a couple of minutes and we're gonna worship God. We can say hallelujah, we can say thank you Jesus, or you can let this be the time that's something that you've never learned before to utter out of your mouth. Let's turn up the music and let's do it in a way that's true and sincere, but it can be soft to where it's not a distraction to everyone next to you. And I'm just gonna give you some space to step out and worship God for a couple of minutes. Let's praise God, hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We honor you, Lord. We glorify you, God. We speak unto you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, God. I am Bless you, Holy Spirit, bless you, Holy Spirit, bless you, Holy Spirit, bless you, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, hallelujah, glory, glory to your name, Jesus, hallelujah. Oh, Holy Spirit, oh namasiena, amorosa monet. Eres Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Thank you Jesus. Oh. I'm going to ask for the prayer team to come down And this is a team that's here to minister to you So if you have any prayer needs, if you want some support Maybe you, you want to speak in tongues But you, you, you might need someone just to help encourage it. They're here to do that Or if you have a prayer request that has nothing to do with speaking in tongues They are here for you This team is here to pray um, Don't hesitate on your way out if you need prayer for anything We are here for you we've got um next steps happening right at one o'clock so after i dismiss if you want to learn more about the church you can come upstairs and be in next steps with us i'm going to tell you the vision of the church it's simple it's fun i love to meet you uh if you want to get more connected as well you can text the word belong to seven seven four one one and this will uh, connect you with us. We can give you some information about the church all via text, it's all very simple. So text belong to 77411. And then lastly, if you wanna give, thank you in advance, you can give online or our finance team can serve you in the lobby. I'm gonna dismiss us, but I love you so much and God loves you way more, Um, so let's pray. Father, I love you, I thank you, I honor you. I thank you for the Holy Spirit. God, I pray, Lord, that your power continues to to, uh, rest on the people in this room, God. We know that you have so much for us to do in these last days, God. So I pray for all of us to be edified and filled, Lord, so that we can be of proper use for you and your people. Um, I pray protection over everyone who's here, and I pray for you to bring us all back at the appointed time. Let us enjoy the rest of our day in your peace, and in Jesus' name I pray, amen. I love y'all. Have a great rest of your day.